I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. So uh, I had a really embarrassing moment this morning. Um... I was I was wearing a backpack. You looked in the mirror. <laughs> I was walking down the street and I had a backpack on, Paul, and uh, and I had didn't realize that my back pocket was undone. And I dropped my backpack, and I'm doing a TV show later. And uh, my girlfriend said that I should wear something called bronzer. I don't know if you know mm. what, what bronzer is. Well, you definitely do. <laughs> it's this makeup you put on your face to make you browner. And, You've been and, wearing it for years. No, I haven't. And it fell out of my backpack onto the ground. And this girl, who must have been about 20 years old, came and said, you've dropped this. And it was the makeup brush. <laughs> and she came up to me and I went, well, it's not mine. Because <laughs> I panicked and didn't know what else to say. Wait, so you didn't... How did you apply the bronzer? I didn't. Well, I still got it in my bag, which is without the makeup brush. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Private Parts Podcast. This is where we read the most intimate and sort of details of our lives in the studio. Paul McKenna! Thank you. Thank you you so much. (laughs) No one normally gets a clap, but... um, uh, Paul, so I am... I can't tell you how excited I am to to her. I've honestly been... I said to these before, but I've been stalking you the past few days, mm-hmm. just about everything. Because I've always been a fan of yours, but then the fact that when we were told you were actually coming in the studio, I was just like, "Oh, this is going to be better." Do your homework. <laughs> <laughs> but, but firstly, what I want to say is that you actually the amount of books that you have written is how many books have you written now? It's my nineteenth. Nine? Sorry, nineteen books. Yeah. How long does it take you to write a book? You're like. Well, uh, there's two answers to that. I mean, something like this physically takes about a year to write. But uh, the research is decades. So even though I could write a book, this is about relationships. Um, you kind this, of have it all in your head anyway. Yes. And, and even though, yes, yeah, some of it's in my head. The, the great thing is, with regard to relationships, there's lots of research now, mm. uh, scientific research, that, that tells us about why certain things work in a relationship and why certain things don't. And then there's also lots of experiments from the world of behavioral science, which is more my area, in terms of if you do this 
to yourself, this then happens. Mm. And so this is aimed at anybody that um, wants to be in a relationship and isn't, as somebody that maybe repeats the same mistakes over and over again, or somebody's in a relationship that is, you know, some of it's good, some of it isn't, or some people who are in a great relationship, but they want it to be even better. So even though it's called seven things that make or break a relationship, and people ask me what they are, I say they're processes. And then I go into describing what they are. Mm. It's interesting because I think... I, you know, for, I've had lots of different relationships, right? right? And uh, I've always thought that it was the other person's fault. <laughs> That's what I've always thought. Yes, but we've what, all been there. <laughs> yeah, but what turns out is the common theme is me. Mm. <laughs> and yeah. every single relationship I go into, I'm like, well, why is this not working? It has mm. to be you. But you've said this before in the past yeah. that you've had relationships or different things or situations mm. where you suddenly realise what well, the common scenario mm. is me so it has to be me so yeah. but how do you change that about yourself how do you know what you are making you're making a mistake how do you realise that your behaviour you need to change well hopefully when you read this because um, when people say what well, the seven things I'll say something like communication mm-hmm. and in communication there are loads of different ways we can communicate for example uh, we even though we, we can think in all five senses, we will prefer one modality. So uh, some people prefer visual. Some people like myself, as I was a radio DJ, prefer auditory. And then the feeling people, the kinesthetics, they like, they, they like feeling. So how that works is that um, if you're prim- primarily a visual person, like my wife, she likes to see something like a bunch of flowers or an act of service, bringing her coffee in the morning. Someone like me, I need to be told but I really love you. And they're like, oh, great, because the presents don't work so much on me because I want to hear it and hear it in a way that I believe it. The kinesthetics, you've got to touch meaningfully when you say it to them. So little simple things like that in our communication Mm. make a big difference. And so... um, coming back to how we change ourselves. So you'll get insights and epiphanies as you go along. Go, ah, right, ah, that's it. Oh, I see, oh. And if you look back and you go, oh, I see why I self-sabotage because I got hurt once and I'm overprotecting myself. Then uh, the way that... um, he would change you is either just an insight changes it sometimes, but the more powerful way to do it is with one of the, there's, there's a bunch of techniques in here. Uh, with it also, there's audio and video downloads. So if you go, hang on a minute, he's asking me to do this. You just put it on and I do it to you. So you then say, oh, I feel differently about all this. So if you are a self-saboteur, there's a whole load of great stuff in there to, to turn that around. If you are somebody that, um, you know, one of the big differences for me, Jamie, is that, um, I used to, if I get into an argument with someone, I would just argue until one of us gives up. And <laughs> yeah. I was thinking, that's the way it's up. And my lovely wife goes... It's like a fight. Well, that's <laughs> it. Yeah, it is. It literally becomes that. And, um, so my wife, uh, she goes, no, let's agree to disagree. I hate that. I hate I hate <laughs> it. I hate it when people say, what do you mean, let's agree to disagree? No, we'll fight this out. And that's when you, that's when you wish they brought back dueling, that you would go outside with just a gun, and you could just do it. But it's, but it's interesting that... Um, because with the seven things that make or break a relationship, right? It's so true. There are a lot of things. And being in a relationship is about compromise and understanding what you have to do to change and things yep. like that. And for you, well, you, you have, you know, your career is amazing. I said you started off as a DJ. You started off as a DJ at 16 years old. Isn't that right? Yep. I was a DJ in Topshop. Um, and, as in the clothing store? Yes, that's right. They, we, we, they had a, like a little radio station, as it was. It was, uh, it was great. This was in the late 70s. Um, 
and uh, it was fantastic. So while my friends at school were in their Saturday job was stack, stacking shelves, I was in a, a clothes shop surrounded by pretty girls and uh, playing records. It was fantastic. Can we just get this right? You weren't surrounded. They were going into the shop to buy clothes, and you happened to be there. That- oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I mean, they, they were surrounding me. <laughs> but, but then, you know, you uh, the biggest thing at the moment, we spoke about this before, is that we live in this world of such... Uh, such connection, but everyone is so disconnected, mm. right? Mm. And actually, we don't communicate with another. With another. And actually, no. they did this. How interesting this was! They did this experiment about. I think it was about forty years ago in America, where they went to a group of. Amer- they went into a study where they asked uh, what Americans, what is the average person who could they turn to in their life? How many people in their life could they turn mm. to for mm. support, help, love, whatever yeah. it was? The average answer, 30, 40, 50 years ago, was six people mm-hmm. right they did the same test now mm. and the average answer was zero mm. people now have no one in their lives they're lonely they're disconnected yep. and they have this uh, sort of mindset of not being Which is weird because there's more people as well mm. yeah in the world. yeah you know what i mean and everyone now has this mindset of like people aren't positive anymore and what you're so great at is spreading positivity and you honestly believe that if you have a positive mindset you can change your behavioral sort of thinking you can become yeah. a positive person it changes not only that it'll change your, your the, the actual physiology of your brain uh, there was um, we were talking about it just before we started this there's a fa- fantastic experiment done uh, 20 years ago by my friend Robert Holden who's he's often referred to as the happiness psychologist it was a documentary for the BBC and they took three people who were non-smilers they were depressed people and they did uh, they they scanned them I think it was an MRI to check for the activity in the left prefrontal lobe so this is hard science it's not my opinion whether I feel happier they can measure it and Robert had them do three things he had them He had them, uh, first of all, take physical exercise to get the endorphins going, the body's natural opiates. He had them laugh every day, even if they were just pretending it. Because even if you sit there and go, ha, 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 you're releasing more serotonin. Again, another happy neurotransmitter. And then what he did was he put these little colored dots all over the place, like on the shaving mirror, by the computer, by the telephone. And every time they saw one, they had to force themselves to have a positive thought. So they had to go... Who do I love? Who loves me? Uh, what would I? What could I look forward to? Oh yes, going away on vacation. Mm. And even when you think about something, let alone do it, you send a set of uh, electrical impulses down neural networks in connection with the good feelings. So the more you do that, the physically bigger the, the neural pathways become. Just like you would, uh, you know, a muscle would get bigger the more you were exercising in a gymnasium. So they hardwire themselves to be happier. And so a month later, when uh, they go to back to the lab to be tested again and scanned again, uh, they've moved from being depressives to extreme optimists. And the independent psychiatrist, I think it was, that uh, the BBC had uh, said had to be the, the, the monitor of the experiment, wanted the machine recalibrated because he couldn't believe that such a shift could take place in such a relatively short space of time. Uh, And of course, nowadays, because that was 20 years ago, we could do it even faster and more profoundly using sort of modern psychological techniques. So you can actually change... Sort of CBT and things like that. I'm not a fan of... NLP. NLP, yeah. CBT, I'm not really a fan of. I think it's a sort of, you know, bad knockoff of NLP. It's it's, it's just... It's it's, it's bollocks. Well, it's just anchoring, right, the CBT? Well, it's thinking through an anchoring, yeah. Wait, hang on, just quickly, just so we know the list. What is the difference between... uh, 
CBT and NLP. Right. So CBT is cognitive behavioral therapy, uh-huh. and uh, it's it's popular because there are some trials that support it. NLP is uh, it's been around a long time. Uh, I say relatively long time. It's it's since the seventies. Milton Erickson. Milton Erickson was the was the app. He was he was a famous hypnotist. And uh, two, um, two 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 guys called uh, Bandler and Grinder. Um, they went and modelled, they studied people who were really good as therapists. So Virginia Satir, who's the mother of family therapy, Milton Erickson, Gregory Bateson, the anthropologist, a whole load of real smart people, and they created these models, if you like, uh, of, 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 um, uh, of th- these techniques and models of functional thinking. I suppose that's the best way to describe it. And out of that came um, a, a technology, which is neurolinguistic programming, which has been described as a curiosity, a methodology, which leaves behind it a trail of techniques. And that meant that several things, that you, you then had a whole load of techniques available to you if you're a therapist that, were, that you could learn in a very short space of time that makes you brilliant, right? And so NLP is used by pretty much every decent therapist in the world. It's also used in, in sales um, and in... Conversational hypnosis. Conversational yeah. hypnosis. Just quickly, I think my mind has exploded. I don't know what. Yeah. I think it's a lot to take in. <laughs> no, I think, I think so all therapists have understand these techniques and they can perform good, these Good ones. Things. Yes, that's right. So what happened is suddenly you don't have to spend years in the trenches doing it because through behavioral modeling, what we can do is decode or codify what it is that somebody's doing if they're particularly good as a therapist, as a salesperson, as a... You know, some of these things you will need reference experiences for and muscle memory. So, you, you know, even though, uh, say, somebody like, if, I, if I'm modeling a golfer, right, I can find out what they do in their head and with relation to their body. They make the picture of the, of the hole and they see the flight path as they hit it. And I can show you all that. But they've developed their muscle memory. So some of it would take longer than others. But in, say, something like a conversation, a communication skill, uh, you don't have to develop anything other than, than your, your capacity to think. So you then will become an excellent therapist in a fraction of the time it took the original person to achieve it. Mm. And so, oh, so actually, I, I, I was in Jerusalem and I met uh, Milton Erickson's, one of Milton Erickson's students, mm-hmm. one of his, like, uh, what, uh, some, some, one of the therapists that he supervised. Yep. And he hypnotized my friend in the, in the yeah. coffee shop that we were in. Yeah. Because yeah. what you'll get, because, you know, what you're probably most known for is being a hypnotist. Yes. That, that's who are. Yeah. And a lot of the questions you probably get when you're walking down the street in a park, in, in, a, in a park, <laughs> whatever, in a pub, wherever it is, it's probably people asked, is it actually real? Mm. You know, can mm. you actually mm. do it? And mm. I suppose what I'm trying to say is that firstly, how did you, because it's obviously a technique, how you put people under a trance or hypnotize people and things mm. like that. Firstly, how did you find the love for it and secondly how did you find the technique to is it like playing golf do you have to learn it yes it is it's a skill set it's not a magic power or anything like that it's um so what how this all came about was i was working as a radio broadcaster a local radio and i was interested in yoga meditation but i had had a particularly bad day i'd broken up with my girlfriend had a row my boss at the radio station and the people in the apartment where i was living were keeping me up at night and I went to interview... It's a terrible day. It's, it's bad, <laughs> isn't it, right? It's a terrible day. Oh, I was stressed out. And I went to interview a local hypnotist, and he said, rather than me tell you about it, I think I need to do it to you. And I said, knock yourself out benevolently. I'm like, let the healing begin. Anyway. If someone said that to me, look, I just think I need to do it to you. I'd be like, sorry, what? Well, there was a bit of that. I was thinking, what's it? Anyway, like a few minutes later, I feel so relaxed and all my uh, tormented thinking seems to have disappeared. I can think clearly. The burdens have lifted. 
it was extraordinary. It was euphoric. And so I wake up. I think it's only been a few minutes. It's been like half an hour. And I go, and he said, um, how do you do? I said, brilliant. I said, can I borrow some books from you? And indeed, I borrowed a book by Richard Bandlow, who was later to become my most prolific teacher. And I started hypnotizing my friends to, you know, with a hit and miss sort of a approach to lose weight, quit smoking. And then I'd be at a party and someone's like, ah, nonsense. I'd say, oh, we'll find out, shall we? Close your eyes. And then we'd have him up dancing around like a ballerina all falling about laughing. Are you serious? <laughs> oh, God, yeah. Are you serious? Uh, I just sorry to cut you off. It's so interesting because my friend, I, I spoke to my friend Toby and his dad actually went to see one of your shows once. Yeah. And he said, it was the most amazing thing he's ever seen. He said, honestly, he said, I'm not just telling you, he actually said it. And Toby said that his friend, he went with a, another guy called Jamie, and he went to a show, and uh, he went up on stage, this guy Jamie's brought up on stage, and for the whole time, he uh, would kept thinking that the person, that the guy on stage was holding something that was a little alive puppy. Yeah. And he kept crying, and, and, and he said, and this guy said, I just don't really understand, I was confused, I didn't really understand what was mm, going on. Mm. So people actually go under the trance, and it yeah. is... Totally. And everyone's experience is slightly different. So some people will visualise a puppy. Others will behave as though there were a puppy there and not question why. And, um, and other people will um, they'll feel like they... Because at any point in a stage hypnotism show, you can, if something were to violate, say, your morals or values, you, you, know, you wouldn't go along with it. Sure. Um, so it's, it's not... Because um, people go, it's mind control. I say, well, sort of, but not really. It's, it's more like... It's only like, minor manipulating. Well, that's <laughs> yeah. right, it is. I mean, it's like a karaoke. You know, you, you have a few drinks to lower your inhibition so you can then get up and sing I yeah. will survive badly or something so with this I'm taking away people's inhibitions about you know they're a bank clerk and when you hear this you will think you're Mick Jagger and they're up and they're strutting and they're dancing like Mick Jagger and also they're getting all the people all the people are laughing and clapping and so they get off on it. So, so they're getting validation at the same time. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. And so, and they don't question why. And then afterwards, when you ask them about it, some people have a perfect recall. Most people feel like it was a dream because it's an altered state from what is inverted commas, normal. And so, you know, for a lot of people who are not professional performers to be gyrating their hips on a stage like Elvis and people laughing and joking and, you know, they believe they're the king, you know? And so that's an unusual and certainly an altered state uh, for many people. And so part of the brilliant sort of stage hypnotism show is firstly it is funny right there is I don't care what anyone says it is funny see a grown man dancing like a ballerina and you know and if anyone because I see a lot of stick over this don't you think this is humili humiliating have you watched primetime television these days people being cockroaches and things like that my show was positive it was so tame compared you know I remember being discussed in the houses of parliament oh it was like it was you honestly why because they thought that you were, it, it, it wasn't right that you better control people yes that's right they thought that these people don't know what they're doing no they do Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promo rate for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. 
Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. They, they, if you go to a hypnotism show, you've either gone to see someone hypnotized or to be hypnotized. And, you know, in all the years, I, I only had one complaint that was of the thousands and thousands of people I hypnotized all over the world. And there was only one person who, who, who was um, upset about things. And in fact, mostly people would say, do you know, um, uh, I actually really loved it. It was great that I, I was the star of the show for the night. And we, we, I think we were laughing in my show, certainly. We were laughing with people more than at them. You know, what, was the, what was the one complaint you had? <laughs> I was, uh, it, was a, it was a man said I'd caused the schizophrenia. And, you know, oh, so, wow. yeah, I got sued. But, you Are know, you, you serious? Yeah, you, can't, you can't catch. But you can't put that down. No, you can't catch schizophrenia. It's a biological brain disorder. Yeah. So, you, you, you know, you can't catch it from, it'd be like saying I, I got cancer from going on blind date or something. You know, it's yeah. bonkers as that. Wait, hang on. And, and so that's the only complaint you've ever had. So, so and, and then. Well, she somebody complained about a joke I made once. So, so there's two, there, was a, there was a lady who had this um, she did look like Olive from On the Buses it was a popular show in the 70s and you said so I so said so. lovely to have Olive from On the Buses with her and so she wrote to me and said I, I think it was a bit mean spirited I, you know I mean the thing is though if you're it's like I went to see Frank Skinner last week the people in the front few rows you know it's gonna he's happen. gonna gently make fun of you and that's you know that. but also um, that's, that's part, part of, of it. it isn't it you know? so what do you enjoy because you, you like you said you've written 19 books you've done mm. shows all around the world mm. you've you've I've I, I, I sort of read that you're you know your great friend with Simon Cowell you've helped mm. him you've done mm. Ellen DeGeneres yeah, you, yeah. all these different people you've done Ellen DeGeneres <laughs> I, that I, is I, impressive <laughs> <laughs> because I didn't even think she was into that <laughs> no, I don't think she's into that no to help her quit sorry but you helped her quit so you've done all mm. these different things no. what what brings you the most pleasure out of all all of it. Is it where you're doing on stage? Is it where you're writing your books? Is it where you're DJing? What is it that you... Because you're doing so many things. Well, I like the variety of it. What I particularly like, there's two things I suppose that stick out. So I work now, one to, I, I, I work one-to-one -one with people still, and I've never charged anybody for it. It's my way of giving something back. And so in recent years, I've been working with people who everyone else has given up on. So incurables, if you like. So a lot of... Um, <laughs> Francis <laughs> pointing at me. <laughs> so, you know, it's people like Warvet Veterans, um, you know, really some serious uh, PTSD cases, rape victims, um, uh, bereavement, things like, you know, tough stuff. And then also what I do is I like doing live events. And last year I did more live events um, all around the world than I've ever done in any year. And these can be 50 people to, to several thousand people. Mm -hmm. And it's different things. So uh, I try and make it like one, it's like an evangelist rally without the religion. And so I'll walk out at the beginning and I'll go, who here has been through a trauma and you cannot get over it and it holds you back in life? And a load of hands will go, come and join me, somebody on the stage. Tell me what it is. It's, well, my father died. I just can't seem to move on. From it. Or I was in a horrific car accident. Or I was, um, you know, in a war zone or whatever. Uh, and I will do a process that takes usually minutes. It'll be something like um, 15 to 20 minutes. And then, and they go, oh, it's gone. I don't feel upset about it. Really? Is that what happens? Yeah, it's, it's extraordinary. Yeah, we've now these, these fast techniques that are super powerful. And then I turn and I do it on the entire audience. So it's a mass coaching or 
therapeutic session with everybody present. So, so that is exciting. So, and it's amazing that what you're doing is as well is that we said this before as well. You know, the, I think I honestly think that the point of life is to to be loved and to love. I really mm. think that is yeah, the point it's of a life. Very nice. I, I really think it is mm. right. Mm. And it's it, you know, success and all those different things. You know, it's kind of nice, but it's it's not really the be end. And what you said so importantly is that buying a car or going on holiday or doing these things that's pleasure, pleasure that's not yeah. happiness yeah. and it's so important to mm. see the difference between the yeah. two and actually pure happiness comes from actually helping individuals and I that's agree. what you're doing on a daily mm. basis I, do you know I agree there's a fantastic Chinese saying which is if you want um, if you want happiness for a year win the lottery if you want happiness actually no, it's the other way around is it um, yeah sorry if you, if you want happiness for a week um, go on holiday if you want happiness uh, for a month I forget or something like that, and want yeah. happiness for a year win the lottery if you want happiness for the rest of your life find a way to help other people and so I don't I mean I personally find I get off on that when I help particularly if it's somebody who's given up you know and they they're totally depressed about it all and you, the moment you see them they them turn around and their thinking is different and they see that there's there's possibilities there's hope there's light at the end of the tunnel and and they get their life back that is one of the greatest feelings in the world and then the other one is when you do it with a group of people and you know at the end of the thing they they leave and they're high on life and so uh, those are the, those are the two big motivators for me. And you know, it doesn't have to be. I mean, I've made mine, my sort of some my life change stuff grand and public. But I think if you just stop and you say something nice to somebody in the street, yeah. or if you help somebody, you hold the, open a door. Any sort of thing like that that, that is selfless and it helps other people. As, but what Jamie was saying earlier about connection, this is absolutely right. And, and even though we live in this amazing digital age where, uh, where there's so much loneliness and it's extraordinary, exactly as Francois said, you know, uh, but there's so many people. Now, it's to do with the con- it's connected. So if you look at loneliness now, a lot of it, you know, even amongst people that are young people that are sitting tapping away on a keyboard all the time, they're not actually connecting with people in the way that you would in real life. And also people that fall into this loneliness um uh, uh, suffer from loneliness it's very often the connections have been severed their partner's died they've lost their job or something like that and they feel alone and isolated and they, and they sort of drift away don't they they do isolate themselves almost uh, and, and, and connection is such an important thing I, I think so if I if I give some money to somebody in the street I connect with them and I you know I have a little conversation with them uh, so important <clears throat> and, and also just just because I know we only have you for 30 minutes and our time's because like, I could honestly talk to you for hours but I just kind of want to you know there, there are a lot of people and you know we speak on the voice France and I a lot to different people about uh, mental health and feeling better and all these different mm. things because you know I think a lot of people go through their own personal struggles and I think for someone like you if someone's listening and they're going through a hard time whatever it is PTSD what, you know stress whatever it is they're not broken in no. a sense they are able to get better and you can you can mm. get better can't you yes there is there's been an emphasis for a long time um, in the world of psychology on mapping how broken people can be you know if you look at what's called the <coughs> excuse me the dino the, the, the dsm which is the manual of how people are you know messed up it's loads of descriptions of how people are broken and really nothing about how people are functional and um i'm i suppose i'm part of a sort of new wave of of psychologists who um 
who are not so caught up in theorizing and explaining how people are messed up and talking it all through with them. It's very much the old-fashioned Freudian approach, which is we'll sit and talk to you about all your problems, which is a bit like um, taking someone with a broken leg and throwing them down the stairs until they feel better. And so um, I, I, and I give you an example of this, where years ago there was, um, I was talking to this, uh, she was a Freudian analyst, and she started the conversation off by going, um, I'm just interested to know why you hate yourself. And I said, well, I, I, I didn't, wasn't aware that I, I, I do. I mean, how do you know I hate myself? She went, we all hate ourselves. I went, well, if that's your view, you know, I mean, I, I'll, I'll go along with it and you know, we can have a conversation. And it got to the point where I said, well, you know, why don't we try this? We'll go out and find a phobic, right? And let's see which one of us can cure them. And she said, oh, no, no, no. In analysis, our objective is not to cure people. I went, well, what the hell is it then? And she said, to help them understand why they're phobic. I said, so if I go to, my car breaks down and I go to the garage, I just want them to fix it, right? I don't know how the engine works, but I just want them to fix it. But, you know, it'd be like the, the, the mechanic saying to you, well, we can't fix your car, sir, but we can tell you why it's broken. <laughs> Brilliant. So I'm very much part of the, we don't need to explain it all. Um, we need to uh, make people functional uh, again. And there is a, there's a whole load of fantastic new uh, techniques uh, that, are, that are amongst not just um, people who are part of the institutionalized psychological world, but you know, that are available everywhere to everyone and anyone. When I, some of the seminars I do, we have students, accountants, plumbers, housewives, you know, a real cross-section of people that want to spend the weekend learning hypnosis or they want to spend a few days learning about NLP and then apply that in their lives. And so I suppose my job, as we were talking about this just before we started doing this, was is really is to be a sort of um, uh, is to take complicated psychological uh, ideas and research and make it user friendly, make it common sense, if you like. There we, Paul. Honestly, I I knew this podcast was going to be eye opening, but I'm so happy you came on. Go, well, thank you. No, thank you. Listen, Paul. Your book, uh, Seven Things That Make or Break a Relationship, is out today. It's Valentine's Day, so it's out literally day. And at the top, it says from the number one best selling author. Uh, where can we go and get the book? Well, most people will probably get it on Amazon these days, mm-hmm. but you know you'll find it in all good bookshops. So if you find if you don't find it in a bookshop, it's a bad bookshop. Uh, and uh, uh, but yeah, you know, <laughs> but the great beauty of Amazon, isn't it? You just see it, you hit a button, and then the man shows and up. And then it the next suddenly day. arrives. I know. It's I, just it's God amazing. bless that. I like that because it says it says the number one best selling author. It says like you're the number one best selling author. Yeah, that's yeah. me. That's a bit of a <laughs> subliminal. That's right. That's well, I suppose it. Well, I don't know if I still am, but at one stage I was the best selling nonfiction author in the country. Um, but that, I think Joe Wicks might have taken that uh, crown. Uh, <laughs> Joe Wicks. Yes, don't so, worry. We'll yeah. go and, Joe, I'm coming for that yeah. crown, mate. <laughs> we'll just go and kill him. It'll be fine. Hey, Paul McGann, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. No, Fantastic. honestly, loved really it. appreciate Absolutely it. Absolutely loved it. Thank, thank you so much. Listen, what we like to do at the end of the podcast is mm. leave our listeners with something inspirational. Well, um, that's a really interesting uh, thought. So off the top of my head, what am I going to do this inspiration? Why don't you hypnotise our audience? <laughs> do you know, I tell you all I will do, I'll do a little meditation slash hypnosis. Right. So a friend of mine, he's a Zen master, right? And he's, he's not like other Zen masters. I mean, he's got a, you know, Harley Davidson. He's kind of, he's, he's, he's uh, and he's very rock and roll. Anyway, he developed this meditation called Big Mind, right? That gets you into uh, an extraordinary um, place, psychologically, physically. You feel quite euphoric. And he does this, um, uh, uh, he's been doing it for a long time and 
uh, Utah University a few years ago, they did a study where they took people who, had, um, who were seasoned meditators and they put them in one of these new image resonancing chambers. And you can't have any metal in there. It's a, it's a box. It costs about $3 million. And this thing like Darth Vader's helmet, you know, hat comes over your head like this. And you get a fairly clear, um, uh, you know, um, readout of it. And then what they do is they, so they, take, they get someone who's a seasoned meditator, 20 years of it, and they look at someone off the street who's never meditated in their life. And Genpo sits in the chamber with them and he does this big mind process with them. And bingo, a few minutes later, they've got identical brain patterns. So you can imagine that half the Zen world go, this is great. This guy's found a fast track into the Samadhi Satori state. And the other half are pissed off because they've been sitting in a lotus position oming for the last couple of decades. And so they are well fucked off. So <clears throat> so what we're going to do, so this isn't big mind, this is my interpretation of it. And we can, we'll do it like a little trance, if you like. So okay. the thing is, is when, you, when you're being hypnotized, you don't necessarily fall asleep. People think hypnosis and sleep are the same thing. They're in the same family, but hypnosis is similar to... Uh, a sort of that time before you go to sleep at night when so deep re- relaxation deep relaxation and also uh, your mind tends to wander you know when you're that moment when you're not really asleep you're not really awake and you just the thoughts are, can be thought but you don't sort of have to think them yeah so what we'll do for this then and if you're you know listening uh, by the way if you're listening at home only relax if it's safe and appropriate to do so. If you're driving or operating machinery, then, you know, probably best not. Don't to, want it to be sued again, do you? Yeah, yeah that's right, exactly. <laughs> so, so only do this if it's safe and appropriate to do so. So if it's appropriate, close your eyes and relax. And I'd like you to relax the little muscles at the side of your eyes. And the muscles at the side of your mouth. Comfortably aware of your neck, relaxing in your shoulders, your arms, hands, and fingers. Comfortably aware of your legs relaxing and your feet resting. And let your mind slow. Down. And notice, you can notice sensations that are a part of this experience. And my voice goes with you as you feel even more relaxed and calm and peaceful. And from this place, I'd like you to imagine how you would look if you were twice as relaxed as you are right now. Float into that more relaxed you. See through the eyes of your more relaxed self. Hear through the ears of your more relaxed self. And feel this deeper relaxation. And from this place, I'd like you to imagine how you would look if you're even more relaxed than you are right now. And float into this more relaxed self.
here through the years of your more relaxed self. Feel how good it feels to feel this deep, calm, and relaxation. I'd like to talk to that part of you we'll refer to as the controller. Part of you that likes to keep things in control. And I'd like it to continue to do all the good things that it does for you, but from the background of your experience. So for now, just disappear off into the distance. That's right. And then I'd like to talk to that part of you, or refer to as the protector, part of you that keeps you safe. And I'd like it to continue to do all the good things that it does for you. But for now, from the background of your experience. That's right. Then I'd like to talk to that part of you we refer to as the evaluator, the part that criticizes, judges, analyzes. And I'd like it to continue to do all the good things that it does for you, but from the background of your experience for now. And then I'd like to talk to that part of you that we'll refer to as desire, the part of you that gets you things. And I'd like it to continue to do all the good things that it does, but from the background of your experience for now, so letting go of any desire in this moment. And I'd like to talk to that part of you we'll refer to as the seeking mind, the mind that seeks the way. I'd like it to continue to do the good things that it does for you, but from the background of your experience for now. And then, I'd like to talk to non-seeking, contented mind. There's nowhere else to be right now. Nothing to be done in this moment. Everything is as it should be. And now, I'd like to talk to Big Mind. How big are you? How small are you? When are you? Is there anything you're not? And now I'd like to talk to Big Heart, the infinite compassion. And in this expanded state of consciousness, I'd like you to take any problems or challenges and just drop them in, allow them to transform. And enjoy this bliss. Bliss. And soon it will be time to return to normal waking consciousness from this lovely relaxing experience. 
and beginning to return a little more with each moment as I count back from ten to one, feeling refreshed, relaxed and alert, with a renewed sense of optimism and deep inner joy. Ten, nine, eight, beginning to return now. Seven, six, five, feeling refreshed, relaxed and alert. Four, you might want to stretch and yawn as you awaken. Three, two, one, wide awake. Oh, thank you so much. How do you feel? I feel great. I feel great. Yeah. I think. Hey, hey. Sorry. If listeners are now in the most relaxed state, that's just wonderful. Yeah. That was amazing. Thank you so much for giving us your time. Not at all. It was an absolute pleasure to be here. It's lovely to see you. Thank you so much, Paul McKenna. Everybody. Thank you. you.